Welcome to Cross Pass, the brand new UTMB World Series podcast. Each month, two trail runners, one elite and one amateur, will meet and discuss what trail running means to them. In their conversation, they'll also reveal what drives them in life and how they express it on the hills. They will share their common passions, interests, beliefs, and get to know each other along the way. And so will we. In the second episode, we welcome Brazilian ultra runner Fernanda Maciel, who has finished in the top five at UTMB Montblanc numerous times. Fernanda is joined by Caroline Egan, a freelance photographer from California living in Annecy, France. The two dynamic outdoor lovers share how their families brought them to trail running and also somehow to France, where they both now live. They spoke about the energy that sport gives them as women, what it feels like to push boundaries, and how food and making good chocolate can change your life. We hope you'll enjoy this privileged moment where they cross paths. Hi, Fernanda. Uh, hi, Caroline. So you're Brazilian. You're 43 years old. Something that I found was really interesting because I'm 39. And often um, I feel like in today's society, people really glorify younger, right? So for me to find out you're 43 and you've had these accomplishments, I was just totally starstruck. Like, wow, cool. Someone very relatable and age. You live in Chamonix. You were a gymnast, which I thought was also interesting. And I'm curious to know at what age you started, but I'll ask you later. Um, you did jiu-jitsu, and then you moved into doing trail running. And then you're also, or were, an environmental lawyer. Yes. And worked for Outward Bound. Um, in, the, in the States, Outward Bound is something that I've had friends do. So I was really... Um, passionate about knowing more about that. And you are a lover of the outdoors and nature. So when I was reading about you, that's one of the things that really I gravitated to was that how much you loved nature and it came out in everything um, that you projected online. That's super important because you obviously are on the trails and outside all the time. And then um, basically, Is there anything that you don't do? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of things I don't do, and I'm, I have some defects also. Okay. So it's yes, it's uh, thanks so much for the, for your introduce. So what I know about you, just to make sure I, I, I the first time I yeah, see you, yeah. but what I know about you that um, you are also outdoor and uh, a nature lover. You are a freelance photographer. What uh, for me is super interesting. You love to cook and uh, you are a digital creator. And uh, you are from US, so also from America, and you live in Annecy, so now in France. Yeah. So you met your, your husband, no? that he's French. Yeah. And uh, this is why now you live in Annecy, and you have a baby, 18 months. So, yeah, so it's amazing that uh, you are this also old woman. Yeah. And <laughs> like me, and uh, you love to run on nature, and uh, you were practicing golf. Yes. 
but for me it's super interesting because I tried also. Did you? <laughs> yes, but uh, I was the, 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 the worst. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's uh, super good for me to, to be close to you and uh, to know more about you. Yeah. And also that uh, I know that you would like to do Ultra du Mont Blanc. I would. One day. Or like also uh, Iron Man. So I know that you have done Max Race. Yes. That's amazing. Thank you. Also, you have done the Nice Marathon. Yes. So how, um, where are you from in US and okay. why you came like for road running and trail running? Um, so I would say California, uh, San Francisco is where I'm from. And we call it the Bay Area. So it's a nice little spot in the California where we're close to two hours from Lake Tahoe and then uh, about two hours from Santa Cruz. So I grew up always being outside and I had parents that they weren't professional runners or anything, but when I'd wake up in the morning, they were out going running and they, my parents loved to run together. So my first trail run was with my mom when I was 16. I was very, very slow. Um, I wouldn't say I have like this, this typical trail running body because I was tall and always um, not bigger, but just, you know, uh, I love CrossFit and uh, I'd show up to races and it's just one of those things you think about, you yeah. know. And uh, my mom is um, Mexican origin, so she's born in the States, but from Mexico and she's really tiny um, and she was a runner. So I did this race with her and I remember it was the first time I was just inspired and to be inspired by your mom at such a impressionable age, 16 and 17. Wow. This is what she beat me in the race and to have your mom just smoke you. Amazing. She's you know? still running. Yeah, yeah, she's still running and she cool. honestly, if she trained more, she would be faster than me. She has something in her that is just a fire. I have it too, but I carry a little more self-doubt. She has no self-doubt. She's determined. Just go for it. Yeah. So I just was always into challenging myself and doing something more. And my first marathon was the San Francisco Marathon. Just because I was turning 26, I wanted to run 26 miles. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Good so I was like, let's challenge myself. <laughs> and it didn't go to plan. So then I did the next year, the San Francisco again, and it went nice. And then um, when I met my husband now, I gave us the challenge to do the Paris Marathon, huh? just so we could keep in contact. It was long distance, and so we'd train from opposite sides of the world. Ah, uh, interesting. And I'd say, how was your run? He'd be like, how was your run? And so that was the first big thing we did together. So. Going back to your question, I just fell into, I guess, challenging myself through running. I really liked having a goal and an objective. And that gets me to asking you, who was the first person you ran with? And how did you get into trail running? 
Yeah, I you start with the the last one. I start to run ultras in San Francisco. Wow, cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so can you see like uh, your city? It's uh, it's amazing. Uh, US. So I did my first fifty miles. So that was uh, eighty kilometers. Okay. So it was in San Francisco. I was twenty eight years old, and I loved that. And since then, I didn't stop. So yeah, so it's like fourteen years that I've been running ultra. But before that. So yes, I born in Brazil, and luckily, I uh, my city is a big city. is Belo Horizonte, six million people. Wow! But my city is on the mountains. Okay. So I started running, like going to the school and back. So always running. I didn't want to catch the bus because <laughs> full of people, and I need to pay the ticket. Yeah. So No, no, no. I go running faster. So just ran. Yeah, because going to the school was all downhill, four k downhill, and to come back was four k uphill completely up a hill. It's still very hard for me still to arrive in my parents' house because it's a very steep. Okay. Any bus or truck can go up. It's very steep uh, streets. So that is good. Is the why I love down and up, not much flat. So I started with gymnastics. So I started to be running as kind of my preparation for my warm up for the trains of gymnastics. So my daily training was four hours per day. So since eight years old, I was already training a lot. I was 10 years old. I was training in the U.S. in Tallahassee, Florida, okay. because they have a giant gymnastic uh, athletes there and stadium and the program. So I was training there. So since I was very young, I was an athlete. So that's why I think i still 43 years old and I cannot leave this world because since I born, it was my life. And uh, my family, they were fighters. That's okay. why I was a jiu-jitsu fighter, because my grandfather, he was a jiu-jitsu champion. My dad, he was taekwondo and capoeira master. And he, uh, my granddad's uh, garden was a big ring wow. to, loot, to, ch to, to fight. So me and my cousin, we born fighting. Okay. Like all the sport was always like that. Like for sure, I had to study a lot. My brother or my, like my cousin right now, everybody's uh, like, they are very well, like with the, the profession, but the sport always was like our lifestyle. So this uh, is still like that. Wow. But I don't remember like first run. For me, it was very natural. Very natural. Like yeah. in Brazil and also I, I love to run by foot. I was always take out my shoes to run by foot. I don't know why. Always I was like that. Did family members run or was it mostly just fighting? Uh, when I was young, it was uh, fighting, but uh, always like running like 30 minutes per day. Okay. As preparation, like warm up for the train of gymnastics. And I was the best runner between all the girls. Okay. Uh, so for me, I was like, like, oh, cool. I, I, I like this movement, yeah. you know? So I love always the movement of uh, running. And never in my life, I thought like, wow, I'll be a runner. Or never, never was like a dream to be a runner or ultra runner. My dream was always like to know more about the world, to travel around the world. And so running started for me as transport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that's, very different. And do you, uh, that actually comes back to the, one of my questions that I have for you. Obviously having a fighting spirit and a background in sports, you have probably had to deal with self-talk and self-doubt. And I'm just so curious is how do you get through it? And so self-deception is our enemy. Delusions of grandeur, there aren't just annoying personality traits. Ego is more than just putting off 
and listening to obnoxious thoughts. So, you know, telling yourself you can't, um, saying this is impossible. Have you had moments like this? And specifically in the UTMB, I'm curious because it's a long distance journey. Can you tell me what you think and how you get past that? The ego, yes. always you exist. We are not Buddha, us elite runners, because also it's part of our job. Yeah. So sometimes you have this outside pressure or inside pressure that you need to win or be in front always and not give up. But once you have been reading a lot, I've been doing 14 years of therapy. Okay. So, and also I learn a lot about the philosophy of fighting because I've been racing also so much. I know that it's okay to lose, to be a winner. So we lose many, many times. So maybe a new runner, like a non-professional runner, can have maybe more difficulty or not to give up, to just drop out of a race. Sure. So it's super important for you to understand what is your training race, what is uh, your really dream race. Mm. It's like your life, you know, it's as you have your kids. And uh, so you have many goals in your life, many dreams. So how you prepare for that, that I think it's the most beautiful. Once you are there, for sure you need to fight or just try to avoid the negative things. Mm. Try to avoid the risks and just make sure that what is about your control, then you control. During Ultra de Mont Blanc, for example, yeah. Many mistakes can happen. You feel like bad, you feel good times, you know, like your headlamp can be without light, you cannot eat. So it's many things can happen. But how you lead with all this, sometimes with ego, sometimes it's all the ego, and then always thinking also about your essence, why you run. You are there because you love to run. Yeah. When you just go for your essence, you just keep moving, you know. So this is like the beautiful things, I think, of the ultra race to run marathon and long distance because it's not just the body, but uh, when you really understand your essence. So the why I'm still running. I'm not running because I need to win all time. Yeah. It's because I really love that. I cannot avoid that. It's really passion. It's your essence. Yeah. yeah. And my other question is, you talk about essence. What is your next objective, dream to accomplish? Well, my biggest dream yeah. is to be until 90 years old, like able to run. Okay. So for me, this is, is a giant dream. Yeah. So I really hope to be healthy, especially because I had the accident two years ago. It's a, a traumatic brain injury and then I still going through this and because I can run, for me it's like really a gift. This is the why it's a big, big dream for me because I love running. So the other dreams is like to keep like doing some ultra race because I really learn a lot when I do ultras. And right now I have a project that I'm running highest mountains in yeah. each continent. So I've been running four mountains now in two months I go to Denali. So it's in Alaska, it's a very big mountain. So for me, it's still running. It's good for me because I just changed my way to training. It's still long distance, okay. it's still running. 
but now I run like with uh, carrying so much weight, doing like also running high altitude was super hard for me because I hate to walk. <laughs> I hate to be feeling turtle. Yeah, <laughs> turtle is, my, is like my favorite animal. Yeah. But I hate to feel this movement that you have in high altitude. I really feel shit is low. And then when I see the other people that they go very, very slow, and I said, okay, I'm fast. But I hate this feeling. But that I learn a lot, you know? Okay. That it's, um, it's okay. Uh, and I try to push more, push more. So I like this kind of sport that I need to push, you know? I really like to suffer, I think, like this kind of uh, like sports, you know? Okay, so the, the suffering is um, where you feel alive maybe do you like yeah not because I think because I'm out of my comfort okay and then I start to observe how I feel about my thoughts and I can be like trying to keep calm and change this you know to to be focused in the present and you what is your like next goal it changed after I had my daughter yeah I can um, imagine I would say basically the hardest thing for me was like change in body for women after having a baby. I had a urgent cesarean because she was super tiny and that was pretty intense. So the preparation after, it's basically like a ab surgery. So for me, I couldn't move really how I wanted to for about six months, six to eight months. And maybe for some people, it doesn't seem too long, but for me, it was, I had a bit of a, just, um, how can I move slower and still be happy? And this is kind of what you just said. I had to really learn to be okay um, walking with my running stroller. So now that experience shaped my goals for the future. I'm so inspired by just long distance. So I've done the 42K. I would love to do the UTMB. I like having a goal that makes me, that kind of feels unachievable in a way. If I, if I put it out there, I know that I'll learn a lot from it. I want to be dedicated in my training if this is my goal, because that's important too. I like having discipline. So that, or I'd love to do an Ironman, because I like the long distance. I grew up swimming. And cycling, I'm okay at. I'd say I'm pretty mediocre, but I would love to do the Lake Tahoe Ironman. So I gave myself till I'm 40, 41. But if I don't do them by then, that's okay. It's more so I know that there's preparation. I know that it's a time commitment, but I really just feel like races and, and running, whatever happens in the race, it's, it's, I like the part before, the training and the dedication. Yeah, I think it's uh, super important to have like a goal because then you put more motivation also, no? more discipline. It's easier to get the motivation, discipline. Also, it's important to have for me also like the coach because then um, it's, uh, the discipline is easier to get this discipline, you know? Yeah. So for me, it's um, the hard work, the discipline and the motivation. It's super important to, for you to succeed, for example, in the Mombla, no? And right now, after one year and a half no, that you have your baby, are you able to run two hours or how it's your... Yes, so I'm up to 20K, but I have it like in my, like you said, essence. It's in, I feel it, I want to do it. I don't know if like, I think I can get there, obviously. 
um, but I've been doing like really I started out just going back to 4k then 10k then 15k and then I look at it as more as time so as long as I'm out for 30 one hour two hours because um, that my time changed as well um, but I've never been really too big on numbers that's why I like long distances because it's just anything can happen out there and especially on trail running it's really a, a journey and with your and with yourself and so it's a surprise when you run into another trail runner when you're out there and they might say like in French you know they're like oh fuzzy uh, keep going and I like giggle because I can get so in my head um, but yeah so basically I would love to get up to the 40k again, um, maybe by summer. And I'm curious, like you, you run, but you're, you're not professional, no? No. And then uh, when you see like professional runners running ultra trade Mont Blanc, you think it's a cool life? I think it's a very hard life. Uh -huh. I think it's cool because it's cool and there's the glitz and the glam and what it is. But I also know as other runners, respecting other runners you know that there's a lot of time and effort that they've put into it so I wouldn't think it's glorious but now after speaking with you and you told me about your essence I'm like that's cool I want I want an essence like this yeah but because yeah. can you can you tell me do you as an elite runner do you think it's cool like what do you think of the sport yeah, I think it's a, it's a, like a looking for outside is like look like it's cool, no? And it's really cool because the trail running community, uh, we usually all us runners, we respect each other a lot. So I think you can see this outside, but it's really, really inside. You are not so many. So especially the girls, you know, like you know who you are. And so it's uh, at least for my parties, I respect all of them and uh, usually are all my friends. Because also it's hard to find someone that has the same lifestyle with you. Oh, yeah. also, I'm in Chamonix because it's, uh, it's just falling natural. Your love when you see you are on the mountains, no? And close to you, you are like full of these people around. So it's a sport that is amazing to develop yourself as an athlete and also as a person, no? But there is also like the other side because it's lots of travelings and uh, trainings every day so it's many many hours and many many hours of physio for massage and to be able to go in uh, to to follow this no for example for me that is getting older i hate to go to the gym but i think i started like from five years ago now i go like two three times per week i go to the gym just to avoid injuries so that for me right now is super important I froze my eggs, okay. so I still I can have a baby. Okay. So because I didn't want to have um, uh, to be pregnant before. Okay. And also because I divorced, so it was like. Yeah. And then it's uh, so it's cool for me that also I know that when I was uh, like uh, seven, eight years ago, I froze my eggs. I think this is super important to say because totally. I know that uh, many runners. I'm like I'm happy. If you said I this. knew. I was like frozen my eggs when I was 20, you know, <laughs> because then I can be running or like when it's uh, you really feel like the moment you can have your, your kid, because I can imagine that for you, 
was the right moment. Yeah. But maybe sometimes when we are uh, getting older, you are just pushing to have the baby. And sometimes it's not the right moment with totally. your husband because uh, we still want to enjoy your lifestyle or to be more outdoor, no? Yeah, I was, I'm really happy you said this because I was going to ask you about societal pressure as a woman in sport with maybe having a baby or taking time off from that experience. And I always wonder about elite athletes. So you can confirm, I don't know, but yeah. all my friends, they have kids. They said that after the kids, they, they are, are stronger. Stronger yes, okay, and so. stronger. So. And I really want to test it. <laughs> so I really hope you test this. Okay. I hope that I get to test this. And even when I found out like just similarity in age, okay, I, when thinking about having a baby, I had a lot of people say, uh, Caro, uh, you're 36, you're 37, uh, you're, you're older. And I never thought of it that way. I even had a really great doctor say, don't, don't worry, don't put worry out into the universe. And I loved this mentality. I think it goes to sports as well, because right now I feel stronger than I did at 22, 23 in like brain. And yes, it took some time after having a baby to build up the miles again, but I'm like, I'm ready to go. So, you know, just have bigger goals and feel stronger. So I don't know if you have like female friends who are athletes, they've told you they're stronger after giving. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know about the hormones, but for sure the confidence I grew up and this mindset is, is more prepared. But I don't know, probably in your hormones also, I don't know, you are somehow stronger. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I became more aware of when I saw women running. Because in Ansi, if you run by the lake, I always give like a thumbs up to other female runners. Just, it's just like a nod of like, you're really cool. You've been through a lot. I don't know. It's just, it changes your perspective turn having a having a baby and being a runner and then seeing other runners too. So I'm like happy to hear that your female friends say they're stronger because, yeah. yeah. When I found out you were from Brazil and then myself from California and then you living in Chamonix, I really wondered how did you feel like you integrated into the lifestyle of France, right, culturally? And if French is hard for you, because it's extremely hard for me. <laughs> and yeah, and um, does, does France feel like home for you? Or mostly the mountains of this region, do they feel like home? Uh, my family, they are Brazilian German. So I think somehow I have the European blood. Okay. So that is a bit easier for me to be in Europe and to live here. Also, I go to Brazil twice per year. So then that um, keeping me like my roots and also my Brazilian energy, being with my family and seeing my friends running on my on the mountains that I have been running during all my life. So that make this balance. I think if it, I'm just in Chamonix, mm. I can get completely sick, especially because of here. The name of my city is Belo Horizonte. Okay. So it's like 
beautiful horizon. <laughs> so here you don't have horizon, it's just like this. So you cannot see the sunrise sunset. And then this is okay for me because I love the mountains and I love how I can reach the high mountains here. So that is more challenge for me. And also for what I'm doing right now is perfect to be in Chamonix. I really feel at home. So when I leave Chamonix, I'm dreaming already to come back. Okay. So that is a very good sensation. And also because I think it also is more about how you are, you know? If you are fine with yourself, yeah. you are fine in Chamonix. I can be fine in, in my big city also. It's, it's hard because it's a big city uh, that you miss the nature. But if I'm around so much mountains and nature, and especially wild nature, I really feel fine. Chamonix is a cosmopolitan place. Sure. So it's like so many of my best friends here, they are Italian and also Americans, also Africa, and so many different nationalities, also French. So it's, it's fine. I live it in the Pyrenees, and then there was harder okay. to find also like some girls that I was able to run with. So I was 100% running alone. I still run alone uh, most of the time, but here it's uh, maybe twice per week I can run with my friends. All of them, they are edit runners, so it's nice. easy. Yeah. The, you have the same pace, so that is super good. But I think it's, it's this equilibrium, you know? Sure. It's, uh, if I'm just here, you'll be tough. And I think if I'm just in Brazil, you'll be tough. And okay. you? Yeah, so... You um, move in 2015, so like it's seven years? Seven years, which is weird to say. So I had um, a time in my... I photographed a cookbook in the United States. And during that time, uh, I had met my boyfriend. And I, he lived in France. So then um, we did the Paris Marathon. And then I came here. And then I never went back to California. Wow. Yeah, but I, it was in my love head. Love story. Yeah, love story. And uh, yeah, it's, it's funny because my first two years in France, it was like, I'm living the dream. I'm in France. And then I had to learn the language. And that was really tough to do. But where I found community was um, in my run group and then running. So for me now, and also with COVID, I didn't get to go back home for two years. So it was really, okay, let's make France home as much as I can jump into it. Just really make the best of the situation. And I recently got to go back home for the first time in three years in November and see all my family and friends. But seeing everyone, I was so happy. It was beautiful. I got to introduce my daughter to my grandma. That was my big project. Because, uh, you know, letting her see different generations. I did dream of NC as being home. So it's, it's weird. Yeah, home, like what you said is home is not really necessarily one specific place. I think it's where people are, where you... If you're happy in yourself you can kind of create home wherever you are. So, yeah, home and food. If you have yeah, food, you're home, right? right. Um, but ch have you heard of chili rellenos? 
No. They're like, they're stuffed chilies with cheese. My grandma makes this dish. And when I went back in November, I had like seven. I just didn't even, I didn't, I just was like, I'm going for it. I'm just going to enjoy this moment. Um, and Me too, like I just, I drop in Sao Paulo and I just get my big bowl acai because always in Brazil have like this big bowl of acai. It's kind of this ice cream with um, these blueberries that is the acai. And wow, with granola <laughs> and banana, it's like a little one, one liter. And um, for me it's rice and beans. So like the Brazilian food is like daily life is white rice and black beans. So I love that. So, but I can do here, like not the black beans, but I yeah. can still have some beans. A version. Yeah, a version. So it's not like, <gasps> but really when I go to Brazil, I get like these black beans, <laughs> one plate and <laughs> my mom is like, it can be cold. Or yeah, like, uh, it's, it's whatever. So funny. <laughs> it's, it's so just, funny. Do you, so that, that actually, actually was one of my questions was, after a big race, what is your after race meal? Like well, the meal you, you that know, is problematic is because after ultra race I cannot eat. Okay, is I really? Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because during all the race I'm dreaming. No, you have this and yeah, this and this. Sometimes it's pizza. I don't know because I never eat pizza. I don't eat the cheese. But sometimes okay. like oh after the race I have that pizza. Uh, but no, I eat like maybe one piece and uh, I I cannot eat more. Otherwise I vomit. It's like after so many hours that yeah. is the water is hard for the stomach. So, so do you wait a week? And yes, like, like when can you really like maybe enjoy three days meal? later it's okay. good. Then you start like to be starving and then you can eat. Okay. Mm. But then it's more fresh, you know, really uh, I want like lots of salads and vegetables is how my body wants. There is more like this. Sometimes you dream with the ice cream yeah. and pizza and this, but really when I, I finish the race, like not. So after I'm like again for the fresh foods, and I'm not, I don't like so much sweet and I don't drink alcohol. So it's not I dream with the beer or more yeah. like a lemon juice. When I run, I, I dream with lemon juice. But here they don't do the natural lemon juice as you it's have this, in Brazil. It's the syrup kind of. Well, no, like in know. Brazil they have this here. Luckily, they I can buy the uh, the import the, this uh, lemon super acid from Brazil. So I do like this lemon. Lots of ice is good. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So that Crazy. what is? Do you have a guilty pleasure food? You know, something you eat that you're like, mm, uh, no, no. Okay. I don't eat uh, red meat, uh, but no, I'm fine. Okay. I don't feel that I need to avoid it. You know? Yeah. So it's... Same here. And I think when you do like so many years of diet, not eating so much sugar because I don't like and I don't eat, I think it's natural that after your body just don't look for that. But for sure, the period days, I can eat a bar of chocolate. Coffee or tea? Do you have oh, coffee? coffee for sure. Okay. And you too? I live for coffee. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Me too. <laughs> before the race or after? Do you like, do you have... During, before, after. Okay. <laughs> I wonder, because some people are like, oh no, I don't do coffee during races. All right. Oh yeah. yeah. Should you do coffee? And do you do any salt, like chips or anything like that in the race? Yeah, in the race I do like lots of potatoes, avocado with sweet potatoes and uh, yeah, white rice, if I can do some bars with white rice. And uh, always in the beginning like more solid food and then after half of the race, just uh, after seven, eight hours, just lick it. Just um, carbo, carbohydrate, but in powder and also liquid because then you can finish the race. Yeah, it's hard for so many kilometers. Yeah. 
and miles to be ingesting like solid food or like bars or gels is uh, it's hard the nutrition i you really need to be testing what is good for you uh, during your training but i think also because this is part of the ultra no like also not just this is the way i think getting a nutritionist just before your race and to be training with the diet and making like a very nice diet for the race is super important do you have any race superstitions for example before a race i would paint my nails ah. like even today i was nervous so i put a smiley face Oh, cool. See, <laughs> and I was like, oh, like one of my friends said, Caroline, are you really going with a smiley face on your nails? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> do you have like a race uh, tradition or ritual that you do before? Yeah, usually I paint my nails also. Really? Yeah. And uh, for me, it's uh, one week before I just focus a lot in meditation. Okay. So I start like not uh, just trying to really be focusing on meditation and that is a rule for me just to keep it down myself and focusing myself. I never try to see who's the other runners, they will be there. Uh, just really to be uh, between myself and uh, think about the mountains. I think this connection for me it's super important before. Uh, otherwise I really, I, I think I lose my energy. So I learned the name is Vipassana meditation. Okay. I learned this when I was 26 years old. So since then, I really, I always, I practice. But before the race in this tapering week, I do a lot, just like lots of hours of meditation. And then this helped me. And do you feel like during the race, it's somewhat meditative? Like, are you in a specific zone? Oh, yeah. Or this what I did at what? <laughs> I'm always in this meditation. Okay. More, if you wear something, I can't answer. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm tired and also I think it's natural that um, so much fatigue, you are just observing your thoughts and uh, like focusing your breath. I think this is also like a way that the ultra bring to you, do you know? Sure. It's, uh, it's amazing. And when you were in Antarctica, did you use the same technique of meditation? In being in, in elements that are extreme? Yes, especially, for example, when the wrong things happen. So you are running and you are focused there, but then I broke my crampon, then my goggle was like frozen, so I couldn't see anything. It's uh, uh, You try to fix, and then it's just like you really need to be focused to finish, you know, like not to get like nervous or thinking wrong, like or negative. Just like, still like focus in the present, observe your breath and uh, each step. So avoiding all the exterior yeah. and these uh, negative thoughts, is, I think is very important. Then you really put all your energy, especially in high mountains that the le lack of oxygen is so much. So I don't eat because I cannot. If I don't have proper oxygen to think, imagine if I can eat. Yeah. It's completely another world. So you really need to focus your energy each step. So having this uh, background of meditation and how to focus and not lose any energy, any thought, I think it's super important to succeed there, to not lose your energy. You know? It's crazy to explain, but it's a bit of energy that uh, if you lose the thoughts or whatever, or like a stress yeah you just lose your energy to keep you warm to keep you thinking to keep you doing one step and alive 
our life. Yeah. To me, you are a superhero. <laughs> no, in that no, sense. I'm no, but normal. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I just think that that can be applied to a lot of things if we just focused on breath and keeping things yeah. simple. Do you have um, a runner or someone you would like to run with or? walk with like just who would be someone you enjoy training with uh, I think for our sport uh, Kelly Journey is uh, someone that uh, have been doing a lot and so I'm super proud of him as a person and as athlete but for me as uh, like kind of a mentor or someone that inspired me a lot was uh, uh, Hilary Nelson she just oh, yeah. passed away last year uh, when uh, we were in uh, Manaslu and because I know her from 11 years ago and then she was the strongest like woman in our team and then she was that uh, woman that was going to high mountains and exploring going through uh, like all her limits and really a true woman you know with kids and like she is an amazing person, so right now I miss her, but I know that uh, she did so much things. She inspired me so much and she will keep inspiring me. So that is, is, is someone that uh, opened a lot my mind as uh, a woman to just to do whatever I want in my style and also with courage, you know? With courage. Yeah. And is this, do you think of her often? Yeah. That's why I was there like in her rescue. So for me, it was a big impact. So her life made for me a big impact and also her death for me was a big impact also. And I still, I had to treat about her death. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's a big impact. <laughs> but always positive, you know? Yeah. Is good. And I, I think that's what you said so beautifully. Just right there for me is like, the life that she lived was so big and such a woman. I think that's important to say because this is not easy. This is not an easy subject. So for you to, you know, carry on thinking of her positively. Yeah, it's uh, the memory, no? Yeah. Like, I think it's the impact, no? If uh, you love someone also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this impact in your life will be forever. And you? Positive. You have someone that you inspire you always? I just would love to run with my mom again. It's, 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 um, I don't know if this would happen or a trail race because I mentioned in the beginning, I was so in, being 16 and inspired by running with another female was my mom. I'd love to do a trail race with her again. Also, my sister was really sick. Um, she had uh, blood cancer four years ago uh -huh. and she ran as well. So to run with her again would be incredible. Even just doing a, a race, a trail run as a family, I think that would just really just be phenomenal. But maybe you can find a race that you can treat both of you that you can race together. Yeah. And then you'll be super cool. The, the, yeah, they would just be like a family memory forever. And then uh, I'd say what you said, Killian Journey, I would just love to run alongside of him to see how fast he runs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, engage my engage my speed <laughs> and then I'd love to run with you that was going to be my last question uh, in the podcast was is like well, do you have a, a random question I was going to say do you want to run with me uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, one day yes, I don't know. For sure. just, just... tomorrow I'm going to announce it tomorrow are so, you really? yeah I have uh, I need to run but with lots of professional runners okay. and uh, triathletes but uh, if you're... I still have energy we can tell go. me because uh, mine would just be a mellow easy 
Yeah, yeah, perfect. Hey, so, so funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Annecy tomorrow. I live there. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Oh, cool. Around the lake. Yeah. If it's not uh, snowing or raining. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just beautiful. This is where, you know, but it's flat. And you said yeah, you didn't but, like... No, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Maybe because right now I've been doing lots of up hills. It's, it's good to be flat sometimes. Cool. <laughs> What's a big passion outside of trail running for you? I think... Um, reading books and it's still challenging because after the accident that I had, it's interesting that and it surprised me that after two months I was able to come back to run, but just after one year and a half I was able to read again. So it's still hard for me because I had this cardiovascular dysfunction, vision dysfunction. So when I need to focus so much my eye in one word or one point, I feel this big pressure in my brain and then I feel the tyrannies on the brain. So little words is interesting, but it's, it's, it's still very hard. But I keep reading because I love read. Like usually I read more books about spirit, uh, spiritual. Yeah. Like um, I love all the kinds of Paulo Coelho oh, books. Too. Have you read The Alchemist? Yes, many yeah. times. English, Portuguese. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a book that just keeps giving you something new each time. Yeah. And depending on where you are in life. Yeah. The Alchemist, uh, for example, is a very good one to be reading in different phases of your life and age. It's a super good book. So I love to read book and uh, to be relaxed at home at the end of the day. And the reading is um, something that I, I think can improve myself a lot. And you? Yeah, passion. Um, cooking and then swimming. I'd say swimming in the lake. Um, those are my two passions. When, I, when I'm in the lake swimming, I feel the most free. It's just, I don't know if it's the water of the lake of Lake NC, but there's just something there. Like if I've had a bad day and I go swimming, I feel like new. So I would say definitely swimming is a passion and teaching others how to swim. That was a passion in the, the States for me because I was a lifeguard before. I loved teaching kids how to swim and giving them just a new sport to do. And this is one thing that people, they don't know, but uh, my family, they were very rich. Okay. And then I had many houses and apartments, cars, and then my dad, he got sick. And uh, because I learned with my grandmother how to make chocolates, I did all my life chocolates. <laughs> so I started to do like my own business when I was 14 years old. Really? I was doing uh, like trufa called bonbon in Brazil with strawberry inside, the walnuts, uh, bonbons with chocolates and the coconut chocolates and croquant chocolates and like many kinds for weddings or big parties. So I was doing like 6,000 chocolates. So all my house was chocolate. It's crazy. So I paid uh, my law university with all the chocolates, yeah. So at 14 years old, I started to help um, my house because my dad, he had to stop to work and then like selling one apartment and I saw like, oh, they need the help, you know? So that was natural for me that I don't know why, but I just start to make the chocolates. And I was selling chocolates in my, in my, in my school for yeah. all my friends. Wow. And then I become like in that, in one point in my life that was, okay, so are you open? my big business, my store to sell chocolates or okay, I'll be like the environment lawyer. That was my question. <laughs> I became environment lawyer. So never more chocolates, but I think this is why I don't like much chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> because that's I made so no, much No, but that's chocolate. what you... My so house was smelling chocolate. And it's funny because the people, they come to pick up the chocolates in my house. 
And they said, ah, Fernanda, you help your mom. And I said, no, my mom, she doesn't know to make chocolate cake. It's, my, it's myself, it's 14 years old. I'm, I'm the owner of the business. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, so that's about cooking. So would you... But I'm not a good uh, chef. No? Just uh, just uh, pasticerie. <laughs> uh, would you ever do it in the future? Yeah. I yeah. think it's cool. Definitely. Especially in this area. Yeah, yeah. I love like knowing new facts about you and the fact that chocolate's paid for school. Yeah, 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 and also university. Wow, that's amazing. I would love to try some truffles. And I'd like <laughs> to see your, your photos of your cook. Yeah, I would, yeah, I'd love to share them. We'll have to do that when we run together. Yeah, awesome. Three, two, one, go! So this is a game. Yeah, yeah. I want you to, to tell me what is... Uh, one is the truth okay. Okay, about myself. Okay. And two is false. So which one is the truth? I suffer from vertigo when I'm at altitude. Okay. I haven't watched TV from the last 17 years. When I arrived in Chamonix on my third day, I went for a walk. I got lost and I ran out of battery. I had to sleep in a shelter at night. The next day I realized that I had stopped only one kilometer away from my house. Okay, so... What is true? What's true? One, two, or three? Okay, I'm, I, this is the only reason why I'm picking number one is because I feel like you meditate and you control your breathing. So maybe is number one true? No! no! <laughs> <laughs> okay, then the last one. Well, the number one is half true. Half true, yeah. It's <laughs> depends on the altitude I am. Exactly. I'm always an invertigo. I'm sure you have some Especially kind of Especially my fear. goggles, they are frozen. So no, but the truth is I haven't watched TV, TV? for the last 17 years. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. Mm. It's a choice. Yes, and... Twitter helped me a lot. Okay. So to know all of... Um, the bad news and uh, good news in the world, but yes. Otherwise you don't need 17 years, no TV. I'll tell you nothing's good on. <laughs> I mean, I'm watching TV. I don't know, so. <laughs> okay, are you ready for mine? Yeah, let's go. I have photographed culinary projects for celebrities, such as Jamie Oliver and Gordon Ramsay. When I arrived in France, I won a karaoke contest singing California Girl by Katy Perry. The French audience loved it because they love when you sing a song in English really well. And then later um, I got a free drink and this was the song I walked down to the aisle to. So it's Katy Perry, California Girl is the song. And then I ran the Ansi Marathon dressed in a cupcake costume. Uh, the one. One is true? Yeah. No, 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 but it's so hard because I did photograph a cookbook uh. for Stephen Curry's The Basketball Player. Uh -huh. I did his wife's cookbook, but number two, I sang Katy Perry, California Girl in a contest for karaoke. And then that's the song I, I walked down the aisle to. It's not a, it's not a song you walk down the aisle to. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's just... I would never imagine Yeah, it. yeah. So, yeah, that's true. But it was hard. That was tricky. I made it a little tricky. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's the community that obviously wants to ask you some questions. Okay. So, Vanya would like to know, what are the funniest situations you've had while running? Wow. 
because I had so much tragic drama situations. Okay. But maybe it was like, I think it was during Entre de Mont Blanc, I just stopped behind a rock. I wanted to go poo. And the churroners come, do you need the help? <laughs> so that maybe I was like not feeling good, you know. Yeah. I really wasn't feeling good. But they came and said, no, no, go away. <laughs> so that not, is just came to my mind. But yeah, fun situation. Well, my name is Fernando Antunes Marcel. And my family is from south of Brazil. Okay. And there is Leonardo Antunes Marcel. He lives in Rio de Janeiro. He's my cousin, but he's cousin for the cousin, cousin, cousin. cousin, cousin. cousin. And then he, he, uh, he, he make an inscription from him to race that like 10 years ago in El Cruz in Argentina. And he put Leonardo Antunes Marcel. And he created like a name of a girl, Fernanda yeah. Antunes Marcel. He didn't know about me. And then everybody, wow, I will race with Fernanda. And he, whoa. Who Fernanda? Who is Fernanda? <laughs> and then he wrote to me on Facebook that time. Hey, maybe on Tuzmacel is from Pelotas, the south of Brazil. And I said, yes. <gasps> and he said, like, wow, so you are cousin. So right now, Crazy. we met and have been doing many races together. Yeah. That was funny that uh, then our family right now, they are super together again because this mistake of him and it is a funny mistake. Yeah. So then I have Emil. Uh-huh. Do you, just like me, always think halfway in a race, which idiot told me this was fun? And then feeling sad comes over when you cross the finish line. Do you ever have like a moment where you think, oh, was this supposed to be fun? Uh, no. No? <laughs> That's supposed to be fun during the race. Yeah. Well, no, usually... I, this is the way I came to the rest before to train in the course because then I really can keep fun. Yeah. <laughs> I can take photos and I can really appreciate the landscapes yeah. because during the race, I suffer a lot. Okay. This is the truth. Yeah. I love when you are married, they say, oh, have fun. I can tell you 90%. You're oh my not. gosh, I'm suffering so much. It's, uh, well, I enjoy a lot. Uh, but sometimes I, I think I'm so focused, like on my step, I'm more in this meditate mode. And uh, for sure it's my passion, but I don't have like so much fun that what's fun mean to, to myself, yeah. you know? So during my trainings, I really, really have fun much more than the race. Okay. I think the race, I think I have more this animal instinct, ah, okay. more this fact, fight sure. instinct I'm than the fun do. instinct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's fine. I like this also. Yeah. And now I know it's your fighting instinct because yeah. of your family. And then one more is from Sergi. When will you be back to the UTMB Mont Blanc? Well, that's a good question. If it's okay, I want to try this year wow. in September. Wait, in okay. September okay. to race the UTMB by Brazil. Okay. It's the Parati by UTMB. It's 110 kilometers. I think you climb six or seven thousand up. It's in Higienary State. The name is uh, Parachi, the place. It's beautiful. I've been already racing there before. So I'm super happy because usually I'm, I was always focusing the world circuit. Sure. And never I had the opportunity to have a race in the world circuit in Brazil. So it's the first time that I have. So this is the why I'm going there. I really miss uh, racing my country. Uh, it's funny because I live in Chamonix and I'm not a race the UTMB here and yes in Brazil, but for me it's, uh, it's, it will be like a big dream and uh, you go for this race. Cool. That's this is September? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so I have uh, many good plans. So also before this race, I'm going for this project right now in May, 
uh, in US, in Alaska, in Denali. the Denali, okay. yes, running up and down, so it's also um, maybe 20 hours. And so is it, will you hard. be doing that by yourself or is it like an endurance race with others? No, no, it's uh, just a, a personal project, personal just projects. by myself, yeah. Okay, yeah. and Denali is supposed to be wild. Yeah, for sure, Alaska. very cold and uh, yeah, very tough. So this is the why it's uh, my preparation Focus. right now and, uh, yeah, and this is the why I'm training here crazy on the snow and the immense meters up. That's super necessary for me right now. Then after I go to Kenya, after Denali, crazy, but I go to Kenya to run with the gills in Kenya crazy. to get some volume yeah. <laughs> and flat uh, to be ready for... ready for the ultra race. Because okay. then uh, the training will be completely different. So this is the way I, I do this as a preparation for the race in Brazil. So I go to Africa. I think one of the last things I, I wanted to say that's kind of all related, tell me if this quote was correct of yours, is to move positive. Is that correct? Okay. <laughs> so just hearing you talk about um, Donali, then going to Kenya, then going to Brazil, for me, you're so positive in, in what we've talked about is that... Um, your move positive is like your your mantra your your philosophy is what you are and i think that's really important to oh, thank you to to have people who the words that they say really are who they are so um that's really i feel really lucky that i've got to have this conversation with you because um I, am i allowed to say like um badass <laughs> yeah, 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 you really, you really are, and, and you should. Oh no, yeah, but just I, th I think I felt lucky to have this conversation with you, and I brought, I brought you a little of something. This is a photograph I took of. She's ninety-three um, here, mm -hmm. and wow. she used to be. Um, I call her mommy cool because you know mommy is like grandmère in French. Yeah. So or abuela or abuelita or, and. I photographed her because she's a designer and she just had this personality that was just so positive and so carefree. Oh, so beautiful. And then if you turn it, it says, stay cool, Fernanda. Oh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Amazing I, to know more about your story and for sure I want to know more. Yeah, and then maybe so much. we'll run or something. I don't know, but I'm rooting for you. I want to be like her, cool. but running. <laughs> <laughs> like she has already their shoes on. So yeah, right? <laughs> and so, cause, well, I laughed because you said, like, when I asked you, like, what's your goal, your, your lifelong so goal? Like, and you're like, to live to like 98 running. And I brought mommy cool. So I hope you turn into mommy cool. Thanks so much. So I hope uh, to see you in us and see you can oh, run yeah. together. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed this moment and found some inspiration to get out on the trail paths. If you did, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with a friend, a colleague, or someone you just crossed paths with. If you don't want to miss the next episode, subscribe to the podcast and follow at UTMB World Series on social media. We will be back next month for a new extraordinary meetup. Stay tuned. Do we get like clapped again? No. No, no? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's so nice to get clapped. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to make so... clap, go for it. Okay, I'm going to just do it because it's so funny.
We went off script. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really easy to talk to you.